0: Green is good red is bad my followers get $20 off their first ticket purchase using my code injured list pod click on the link in the show notes and browse for your favorite events your next big night ever is waiting and they have the tickets
1: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli i guess
1: aha in my dentist's office
0: Welcome to another episode of The Injured List. I'm your host, Brian Scott. Thank you, Colin, for that great introduction. I want to start off this episode by thanking one of our listeners who submitted an idea and a question to help kind of guide this episode. So Dom P. from Long Island, New York, thank you so much. And Dom writes in and asks, will or can Kevin Durant play again this year if the NBA were to start in, let's say, July? Well, that really depends on what you mean by play, Dom. When we're talking about a player of the caliber of Kevin Durant, we have to first examine his injury and some of the facts behind it so that we can understand what challenges he faces as he recovers and what we as fans can expect upon his return. So I first want to take a look back at some Greek mythology just to kind of help set the stage. Now, Achilles was one of the greatest of all the Greek warriors in Greek mythology. He was the hero of the Trojan War. He slayed the Trojan prince outside the gates of Troy. His mother was so concerned for him as a baby and for his safety that she dipped him in this mythological river where it was said that whatever part of his body the water touched, he would become invulnerable to any harm. However, during that process she grabbed him so tight around the heel that his heel never actually got touched or wet by the water. Hence the only point of vulnerability was Achilles' heel, and this ended up being how he was eventually killed was through, supposedly, through an arrow that struck him in the heel. And so this is where that term Achilles heel comes from. This is where the name of the Achilles tendon derived from. And the Achilles tendon is the largest tendon in the body. It's made up of the joining together of two tendons of the muscles of the calf, the back part of your lower leg, the soleus, which is a deep muscle, sits behind the leg and then the gastrocnemius, which is the more superficial muscle that kind of gives your calf that rounded-shaped tone. The people who typically tear this tendon or rupture it are usually men between the ages of 30 and 40 who are usually the weekend warrior type people, the guys who you know maybe a little bit more sedentary during the week and then on weekends they participate in some kind of weekend softball league or football game on a Sunday afternoon with the guys. Professional athletes are not the most common group who sustain this injury, but of the professional athletes who sustain this injury, it's probably the most debilitating to the NBA players, such as Kevin Durant. In fact, the higher percentage of NBA players usually have some degree of pre-existing problems in their Achilles tendon leading up to their rupture whether it be chronic tendinitis or inflammation in the tendon or some tendinopathy where the tendon has actually undergone some physiological changes. There are a small subset of people that can be predisposed to tendon ruptures as well. People who are on some antibiotics for a long period of time, certain types of antibiotics anyway, and people who have injections to the tendon or the tendon sheets, which most guys will not do, especially on an athletic person. So we won't really touch on those during this episode. Now, the, the mechanism of injury is usually related to some type of forceful action where the person is planting on the balls of their feet and then up, loading up the muscle in an attempt to about to accelerate or jump or explode with some quick sudden burst of, of energy. And as that occurs is when the forces are so great that the tendon will just give way. The most common area for the tendon to rupture is actually about four to six centimeters above where it inserts on the heel or the calcaneus. And the reason for this is this is an area of the tendon that's considered a watershed area, meaning that there's not as good a blood supply there. And as we've discussed in previous uh, episodes, the body needs good circulation in order to heal. And so if you're not getting that, then this can weaken that particular part. And so that area of 46 centimeters above the insertion is usually the the area that's most commonly ruptured. However, the tendon can rupture anywhere along its course. It can be where the tendon kind of blends, blends into the muscle. It can be at the bottom where the tendon directly inserts into the bone. And that can kind of complicate surgical treatment. But we'll talk a little bit about that later. Now, presentation is usually the athlete or the patient will have some type of Pop, or they feel like somebody actually kicked them in the heel or in the Achilles tendon and they'll think that they actually got hit there when in fact what they felt was the tendon actually rupturing. They'll have immediate disability, weakness, they won't be able to walk, they'll have significant levels of pain typically. When you inspect and examine these patients, you'll notice that they're kind of sitting with their foot in kind of like a dangling position where they're really not flexed, they're kind of more like just kind of hanging loosely. And that reason for that is they're kind of guarding. There'll be a noticeable or a palpable gap or depression in the Achilles tendon. It will not look like the other side. There'll be a noticeable kind of divot. And when you squeeze their calf or you try to create a contraction, there'll be no movement basically in the foot or ankle causing it to flex. Those are usually telltale signs that there's been a disruption of the tendon itself or some type of rupture. Now, typically, when the athlete or the patient is brought to the physician's office, they'll usually get some sort of x-rays just to kind of rule out any bony injury, because sometimes you can have some fractures associated with it, although that's a whole different type of injury that we won't even get into. So typically, nowadays, I can also do some ultrasound images, which will give you an idea of whether a very quick test and very cheap and inexpensive test to kind of give you an idea whether it's a complete or a partial rupture of the tendon. But most guys, if they're planning on doing surgery, especially in a professional athlete, will usually get some type of, uh, will usually get an MRI. And the reason for that is they want to see exactly where the tear is, how big a gap there is between the ends of the tendon that have been torn, and whether or not the tendon is actually retracted or kind of curled up and kind of separated itself. Because that can kind of dictate and give them an idea of what they may need to do to surgically repair it. The treatment is typically surgery. And the reason for that is it's a faster return to sport. It has a lower rate of re injury or re rupture. And the faster you can fix it, the better off they'll do. Now, even with that, for NBA players, there's still a rate of about 60 to 80% of players who have an Achilles tendon rupture in the NBA who don't quite return to their previous level of function slash performance. That's a very high number and not a good uh, outcome if you're suffering from this injury and about to have a surgery. Now, for the general population, there are some non-surgical treatments and sometimes for those patients, they, do, they can do just as well in the long term, but it really is patient-specific and it really depends on the other co- comorbidities that may factor into their possible complications of which there are several one being wound healing It's a very superficial area of the ankle and there's not a lot of soft tissue so the skin is really the only thing covering the tendon and in order to get it to heal you know sometimes that can lead to um, wound problems there's also the re the re-rupture complication if the wound doesn't heal sometimes you could develop an infection so there's a lot of complications associated with as well for the professional athlete, surgery is almost always performed. Now, when it comes to surgery, there's been some increase in technology in the last, several, last few years that have kind of led to some different materials being used for the sutures to repair the tendon. The technique itself has been slightly altered over the years. There's still a lot of different ways to do it. Some guys nowadays are using a percutaneous kind of device, which allows you to pass the sutures through the skin, weave them through the tendon, make a smaller incision, and then tie the knots outside of the area where the tendons compress, which has shown that uh, leads to better healing. The recovery time is a little not much quicker as far as the return to play, but it just prevents less of the complications as far as the wound healing goes, and it allows for better healing of the tendon. So the theory goes. Now, the surgery and what else needs to be done during the surgery is really dictated by where the tear is, how big the gap is, and whether or not it's easy to bring everything together and basically re-oppose the tendons. And so for that matter, it's really important to get an idea before going into surgery of what type of tear is and where the tear is. Because there can be some associated procedures that may need to be done along with the tendon repair in order to get it to be more effective. So for example, if the tendon repair or if the tendon rupture has been so retracted and there's such a huge gap that you cannot get the tendon down to where it needs to be to repair it, then sometimes you actually have to free up some of the muscle tissue in order to stretch everything down and get it there. If the tendon is so damaged that it looks like it's not going to be strong enough to undergo the repair and to then heal and be substantial, then sometimes you actually also have to take another tendon from the ankle or the lower leg that travels down past the ankle excise it, and then transfer it and use it to kind of bolster up the Achilles itself. And that's just two examples of some other things that you have to potentially do. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just a simple rupture, repair, send them on their way. It really can get complicated depending on just how bad the tendon gets shredded and whether or not the ends are are able to be approximated and how easily you can do that and whether or not there's a good enough tension or if it's too slack. So there's a lot of things that you have to look at. Now we're not going to go into rehabilitation or post-operative treatment for this, because that's not really what I'm trying to talk about. Although we'll touch a little bit about the post-op recovery later. What I want to get into now is some examples of professional athletes who have ruptured their Achilles and have come back to play or have not come back to play or some athletes for that matter who have currently had surgery and are in the midst of their recovery and looking to come back in the future, maybe next year uh, for the NBA season coming up. So we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and do that and go through cases. And before we do that, if you're wondering why I started this podcast and why I do this, I'm going to play a short clip for you from first take where they started discussing Kevin Durant's injury. And I just want you to listen to them talk. And if you're somebody like me who works in healthcare or who, who has some level of expertise on some subject matter and you hear people talk about it who don't, it, it, I'm sure it drives you crazy. Like it drives me crazy. And so I just wanted to start this podcast. so I could put this information out there, make it easy to understand and understand have it coming from somebody who does this every day not like the people that you're gonna hear now so I'm gonna play that clip for you and then we'll go into commercial break we'll be right back unfortunately it's
1: not a bone it's not a ligament you can't figure if an Achilles is gonna pop if you're is that connected percent to the calf injury at all? Do you think yeah, one had to do with the other? Absolutely it is. Because you're starting and stopping. It's not just like yes. a lap or jump shot. You have to yes. start and stop and put tremendous pressure. So it was pressure. because of the calf that the Achilles Yes, academy. it was a non-contact injury that he could not determine when a, an Achilles is going to snap. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show.
0: All right, welcome back. So we're going to get into a couple of uh, examples here of athletes who've torn your Achilles, some of them recently, some of them in the past, some famous, some not so famous, but here we go. The, f- the first one we're going to talk about is Dwight Powell. He's a 28 year old NBA player for the Dallas Mavericks. He tore his Achilles tendon or ruptured his Achilles tendon January of this past year t- or 2020. So this past January, he's had surgery already and it looks like they're going to try and get him ready for October, December sometime, um, which puts him at about a 10 time timeframe. So I just want to take a listen to the clip of when he got injured. I want you to listen to the announcers, listen to the, the scene that they're describing, and then kind of tie it back to what I already talked about as far as the mechanisms of injury and patients of what people describe. So take a listen, and then um, we're going to go into the next example after that. What happened That's with
1: good. He is down, and an audible gasp going through the arena just horrific and, and guys we were standing there watching this is probably the best angle to see oh you see the pop in the back there that makes you think achilles and then seeing jj Berea's reaction who went through the same thing around this time last year
0: okay so so there you had it you, you had a perfect example of uh, announcers describing that they actually could visually see the tendon let go and that's thank Thanks in part to the super slow-mo replay we have nowadays, you know, in the past and from the naked eye, that's almost impossible to see, but that's exactly what people describe that sudden release and pop uh, of the tendon going. So Dwight Powell had surgery. They're looking at a 10 to 12 month window where he's going to come back. That's about average. Usually looking anywhere between nine to 12 months for full return to competition without any restrictions. So, We'll see how he does. All right, now let's go into the next example. And again, I want you to focus on what the announcers are describing. Um, Sometimes they'll talk a little bit about what the actual mechanism was. So keep an eye. This is now Rodney Hood. Rodney plays for the Portland Trailblazers. He's 27 years old. And this happened to him um, December of 2019, so not too long before Dwight Powell. And he's projected to miss between 9 and 12 months, which is pretty standard nowadays. Uh, for So let's take a listen to this clip. And I just want you to pay attention to those things I just mentioned.
1: Mark white to a good shot. back, and we got Rodney Hood. his ankle. Yeah, he's down. Let's hope it's just an ankle. And the way he's grabbed, it might have been the Achilles. Yeah, at first when he grabbed the, yeah. the back of his uh, leg, that's what I was worried about. I, mean, I think your worry is uh, well... Well found it. And the way he went down. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that's, that's scary. Yeah, let's hope for the—and he has been nursing an Achilles injury. So yeah. that— not my- Okay, so you heard there that he was nursing uh, some Achilles issues before this injury. It's, you, you obviously can't see the replay. They didn't really describe much of it. But basically, he grabbed a rebound, came down, and as he was coming down, he was going to push off and accelerate off that foot. And boom, he just crumbled to the ground, very innocent looking play. But when you look at the replay, you can see that he basically hyper dorsiflexed or flexed his foot back as he was pushing forward to go and accelerate. So classic mechanism, similar to Dwight Powell. He kind of did the same thing. He was planting his foot and about to try and make a move to the basket uh, while he was on offense and basically just crumbled to the ground in pain. Um, Now, the next person we're going to talk about is is going to be Dan Marino, Um, famously (laughs) gifted athlete, Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, Hall of Fame. I mean, the guy broke all kinds of records. Well, he tore his or ruptured his Achilles when he was 33 years old in 1993. Now, he's the only one on this list who is not a basketball player and the reason for that is uh, i just wanted to use him as kind of like a comparison um now he had 11 months of rehab and recovery before he was able to return and play. But he came back, played at an exceptionally high level and played for five more seasons after his Achilles rupture. And he was 33 years old when he ruptured. it, so that's pretty amazing. Now, again, it's football. It's not basketball. So the amount of pushing and changing direction and jumping and accelerating exploding for Dan Marino compared to Kevin Durant, probably not comparable. I mean, he's a, drop back past quarterback. So, you know, how many times you do that in a game, maybe 30 or 40 times, depending on how much you're on the field. So, you know, it's a little bit different and which is why he's really kind of separate as far as his recovery and competition and back to play and playing five more years. There's only one exception to that rule when it comes to basketball, and we'll talk about him later, but let's take a listen to Dan Marino's description of his injury because the announcers did a great job of actually talking about the mechanism here, so I want you to hear this.
1: Looks like he just took an odd step. He did. Might be an Achilles the way it, it happened before the throw and in, in trying to maneuver into a position where he could throw it. That back leg just seemed to collapse. Goes down with uh, a leg injury back at about the 27 his teammates are all around him so is the training staff the doctors on hand now coach shula has joined got his head right in they're getting marino up let's see how he he's able to put any weight on that leg at all
0: apparently not and he's being assisted off can't put any weight So they did a nice job of talking about how he went drop back to plant and push and get rid of the ball. Now, the cool thing is if you watch that video clip of him getting hurt, what you actually see is as he plants and goes to push forward to throw, he actually thinks he gets hit by somebody and he thinks he's under pressure. So he pulls the ball back and doesn't throw it and then takes a few more shuffle steps forward thinking that there's actually somebody behind him, you can almost kind of see him kind of glance to his left to try and look to see where he was getting pressure from when, in fact, he, there was nobody around him. And, again, that's kind of classic where people think they actually got hit or struck on the back of the heel when it's actually the tendon popping. So if you watch that video clip, you can actually see that. They didn't talk about that, but you can actually see it. Um, now we're going to talk about legend and rest in peace Kobe Bryant, but he famously sustained this... Type of injury. Also, uh, he was 34 years old. This happened in 2013. He was out, I think, for about seven to eight months. So he had a pretty quick recovery. But um, the way I understood on some of the reading and articles that I saw about it, he had a pretty straightforward tear, uh, rupture, and then subsequent repair. So, um, and he had a done very, very well known surgeon who's done a lot of sports related surgeries for a lot of professional athletes over the years out in LA. At a very prestigious orthopedic clinic so i'm not surprised by that too and um let's take a listen to his uh, clip
1: and again going to work falls down again he's struggling and he's going to stay down there for a bit time to massage that left ankle a little bit Obi needs a, a time out here as he's uh, having some 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 discomfort trying to Get to this and he is hurting, but the Lakers down by two and they want him and need him at the free throw line. Got it. Yeah, not backpedaling or whatever he has to do to get to the other end. If in fact he gets to the other end before a foul, maybe. Made him. Lakers might foul. They might foul to get him out of the game. That's they have to. Do. Yeah. Kobe's mm-hmm. coming. Out.
0: Yeah. I mean. So you could hear in that clip that they basically were describing how Kobe was not really backpedaling. He wasn't really putting much pressure on his foot. He was kind of just flat footing it around the court. And that's pretty, pretty typical as well. Um, It's really uncomfortable to walk. Most people will just kind of lightly put some flat foot pressure on their foot and then just kind of quickly jump onto the next foot while they walk. And that's understandable. I mean, you have no tendon holding your heel. So... Um, you know Kobe. Unfortunately, I think that was kind of the beginning of the end for Kobe as far as his career basketball went. I don't think he played for too many years um, after that. I think he may have actually retired in 2015 or 16. But I think it did take a lot out of him uh, as far as his basketball skill. I, I think he kind of lost a little bit of lift and a little bit of quickness after he came back from this injury, which, which is kind of what you expect to see when you get to this age range and when you get to this level of competition um especially basketball so he's kind of the first example i gave of a basketball player where you can actually see the results of his recovery and from this injury and and how he bounced back to his pre-injury levels so uh we talked about it before where the return to play rate to the previous level of performance for NBA players is about 60 to 80%. So that's not, it's a very high number. It's not a good thing to hear. Um, if you're dealing with this injury right now, we're about to have surgery. So let's get into Kevin Durant's injury. Now, Kevin Durant had surgery in June of 2019 after he injured himself on two separate occasions, the first time being against the Rockets, during the playoff series then there was a lot of controversy going around about whether or not he'd be available to play whether or not he should be available to play and he eventually did and unfortunately for him the game back made a move and basically that was the end of that and then let go it tore and he was out and then there's been some controversy after that about whether or not he should have been playing in the first place. Who let this happen? Whose decision was it? And yada, yada, yada. Well, we'll get into that a little bit more later. But let's take a listen to the description of his injury, as told by uh, Reggie Miller in one clip, and then um, a couple of the TV, TNT announcers, I think, in the other clip, and kind of listen to what, what they describe. And this kind of really kind of summarizes everything we've already talked about. So let's play it for you now.
1: It's Durant with Shumpert defending and Kevin Durant laces one through and he's hurt he is Holding on to his right Achilles as Harden works into Iguodala who just picked up the Golden State foul As soon as he made that shot he started with this look at this Wow I don't think he knows what he did look he looked back at it and he thought someone hit him in the Achilles and you know what? Usually, what that means. Look right I, there. That's right. You're exactly right. You know exactly what that means. That's what Kobe Bryant did. You I'm know not what, saying he has that, no, but, but this is exactly, exactly what Kobe is. did. There's no one around him, but you think someone hit you in the back of the leg. He makes it, and he's running down. <laughs> Made by Kevin Durant, and I've heard this from numerous people who have torn their Achilles. Well, I'm not saying this has happened to Kevin Durant but they say it feels like someone kicks them right in their Achilles. No one was around Kevin Durant, but he felt like someone was. And we hope that's not the case for KD. Durant is having... Ibaka trying to stay with Durant, knocks it away, and Durant slipping. Durant goes down, holding his leg. Ibaka goes up, and is fouled down the other end. And Durant grabbing that right leg. It's the right calf. That uh, put him out. And his teammates going over to check on him. They don't like to hear the fans yeah, cheering. I, I'm surprised by that. And, and the players are telling him not to be doing that. No question. These Raptor fans have been wonderful, but to cheer for a player who gets injured. And credit Serge Ibaka, and there's the play right away. He knew it. (laughs) You will not see a better sight than we just witnessed. Unfortunately, what happened to Kevin Durant, but Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Serge Ibaka telling the crowd, no, we are not going to cheer when this guy goes down. That's appreciation for greatness.
0: So what you heard there was the first injury that occurred during the Rocket Series and then the subsequent injury that occurred during the Toronto Series in the finals. And Kevin Durant, he's 31 years old now, so he kind of hits right in that 30 to 40-year-old window. And we know that he was suffering from a previous injury in the series with the Rockets before he suited up and played in the finals against the Raptors. So the question I have is, was this something that he was probably even dealing with even earlier than that? And we may never know the answer to that. Based on the things we talked about earlier and some of the statistics, he probably did have some uh, problems with this in the past, leading up to these two um, incidents. If you look at the replay from the rocket series injury, I actually think that was more substantial than they may have initially thought. Now I'm sure he had an MRI. I'm sure he had the full gamut of tests and examinations done. You just have to wonder if maybe there wasn't something missed, or maybe he was just trying to tough it out, or Uh, possibly he just it wasn't as bad as people thought and you know he did pretty well in his recovery leading up to the toronto series and he gave it his all and gave it a a shot and it didn't work but the achilles is one of those things where when it goes it goes and you never really know when it's going to happen you can't predict It, it can sometimes be a really subtle subtle movement that just sets it off there is one exception to this rule though when it comes to this nine to 12 month window of coming back and, and being successful for years afterwards in the NBA. And that is Dominique Wilkins. He tore his Achilles tendon, ruptured it at the age of 32 had surgery. Two days later came back and played six more seasons at an extremely high level, breaking all kinds of records and basically sealing his status as a hall of fame. And I didn't want to talk about his, his case in this report because he is definitely an outlier. He is not the common kind of scenario and it's not what you will typically see. And I do not think it is what you will see in the cases that I have presented to you today with regards to Kevin Durant, Rodney Hood, and Dwight Powell. Now, Rodney Hood and Dwight Powell are a little bit younger than some of these other guys. They're 27 and 28 years old, respectively. But Durant's in his 30s now. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how he bounces back. I think he will be ready to play, to answer Dom's question. I think he is going to be ready to play. The question, though, nowadays is with not being able to really get in the gym and do all you need to do in preparation because of this coronavirus pandemic and because of all the restrictions in place, for him, it's probably just best to wait it out and just come back either next season and just sit out the rest of this year and basically just gear up to being 100% recovered with no doubts in his mind and no reservations about jumping on the court. Because if we know one thing when it comes to returning from sports injuries, there's a huge psychological component to all this. And if you, if you just don't have it mentally, then you're not going to be able to perform physically. So. I think he can play. I think, I don't think he will play. I think he'll probably wait it out. Now, there was talk about him being ready for the Olympics. I mean, all that stuff is pushed back, so there's really no point. I mean, he might as well just wait. Do an 80-game run or whatever they're planning on doing or four twenty 20-game play. I don't even know. It just doesn't make sense to me. He He'll benefit more from getting in the gym, continuing his rehab, and just gearing up and getting fully ready for next season so that's in my opinion we'll have to see how it goes um we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back after this devil's advocate is a weekly sports talk show for the casual and diehard sports fan to be heard my good friend host abe delgado wants to provide a show that is all about the fans you can come on live or call to give your opinions on anything sports i'm a regular guest on the show to talk about all things related to sports injuries So we hope you'll join us and participate every Tuesday at 8 p.m. on Facebook Live.
1: You're listening to the Injured List podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit TheInjuredList.com. Now, back to the show.
0: Well, that is the $110 million question, as the Nets general manager, Sean Marks, was quoted as saying in the paper, is when will and can Kevin Durant return this year or will it be next year? And like I said before, we'll just have to wait and see. I think it should be next year. I think he'd be. Doing himself a bit a favor by just waiting it out, not trying to force it back this year with all this stuff that went went on with the shortened season and the coronavirus pandemic and all those restrictions. So, curious to see how it plays out. I hope I was able to provide a little bit more insight into his injury and recovery and what goes into all this. Um, like I said, I, I enjoy doing it for you guys. It's really just to kind of help provide more information to the fans because you don't really hear anything about this stuff on the sports talk shows that you listen to on the radio or on TV or the podcast that you hear talking about sports and sports injuries. So glad I could be of some service and educational value to you guys. Now, one more thing before I go, I just want you guys to support your local small businesses. One of the sponsors to our show is a, 1920s themed coffee shop in concord north carolina just down the block from charlotte motor speedway it's owned and operated by my good friend sean colas It's the Perkentile and creamery so if you guys are in the neighborhood please stop by if you do go tell them brian from the injured list sent you he'll take care of you it's a great little coffee shop they use a lot of organic and natural and healthy ingredients in their coffee and the coffee is delicious they also have ice cream desserts and a little party room if you wanted to rent it out for your kids and One day soon, we hope to be doing a live podcast from there, along with a live broadcast of the Devil's Advocate Sports Talk Show with my good friend and host, Abe Delgado. So hope you guys can tune in for that. Also, don't forget, check me out, Facebook, The Injured List Podcast, on Twitter, The Injured List Podcast, at host Brian Scott, and at Instagram, The Injured List Podcast. Um, I'll put updates and if you guys have any questions or if you guys want to also submit some uh, topics or ideas for the show, um, you can hit me up with messages on those uh, social media platforms. And thanks again to Dom for uh, writing in and giving me the suggestion for the topic. And uh, everybody, I hope you stay healthy, stay safe and stay active.